Welcome to Liberty in America, Past, Present, and Future with Dr. Bill Joby. Doc is a historian and a reenactor. On this show, you'll hear his thoughts about our personal liberties from their earliest recorded beginnings. You'll also be transported back to the 1750s to relive the life of Colonel George Washington and his adventures during the French and Indian War. Let's get started. Here's Dr. Bill Choby. Hello again, Dr. Bill Choby here, uh, discussing liberty in America, past, present, and future. This is what we call Liberty Lights. This is episode number two. And what I try to do with these episodes, building on the, the uh, previous podcast where we discussed the, the concept of liberty and the history of it and how we got to where we are today, uh, taking that to the contemporary times to sort of prove my point, if you will. The uh, uh, This episode uh, starts out with, I think, probably most um, profound statement by a Supreme Court that I've heard in, within my lifetime. And this has to do with the Associate Justice Neil Gorsuch. Uh, it relates to the, the case that was before the court just recently regarding the Title 42 and opposition towards the uh, ending of that. Title 42 was an attempt to keep sick people out of the country that tried to uh, come in here illegally. But um, Justice Gorsuch, uh, he gave some examples. And that's, a lot of this is going to be a quote because I, I want you to hear this right from uh, right from his mouth here. He says that uh, he gave examples of how the U.S. may, quote, have experienced the greatest intrusions on civil liberties in the peacetime history of this country, end of quote. Think about that. This was during the COVID mess. Now, let me explain further with using his own words. Quote, executive officials across the country issued emergency decrees on a breathtaking scale. Governors and local leaders imposed lockdown orders, forcing people to remain in their homes. They shuttered businesses and schools, public and private. They closed churches, even as they allowed casinos and other favored businesses to carry on. They threatened violators with not just civil penalties, but with criminal sanctions, too. They surveyed church parking lots, recorded license plates, issued notice warnings that attendance of, at even outdoor services satisfying all state social distancing and hygiene requirements could amount to criminal conduct. They divided cities and neighborhoods into color-coded zones, forcing individuals to fight for their freedoms in court on emergency timetables and then changed their color-coded scheme to when defeated in, in court when it seemed eminent, end of quote. This is what COVID did to us. This is what the uh, not letting a crisis go to waste for the, the powers to be, the progressives. And when I say progressive, these are people in the media. These are people in uh, high levels of the DOJ, the FBI, the Democrat Party, and all the dark money that's out there. This is a this whole mess that we've we've seen and the unraveling of American liberties goes back to Barack Obama's promise to fundamentally change America. And he's doing it with bureaucracies. He's not doing it by legislation. He's not doing it uh, by executive order uh, through Biden, but the, the bureaucrats who are basically immune to being fired because of civil service laws, the heads of those uh, agencies 
are appointed by uh, well, one time was by Obama, and now it's Biden, and they direct the path in the future of what their agencies are doing. And I would say right now, the traditional American values and the people that hold those values to be uh, dear are considered by the administration and the people in this progressive uh, uh, coup over our country have determined that uh, white people, first of all, in general, are racist and people of faith are um, domestic terrorists. And they're, what they're trying to do is to beat down the, the people who support traditional American values. The uh, statement by one of the justices of the U.S. Supreme Court uh, with, with all that they had done during COVID uh, is proof enough into itself that these people have become um, bold with their power at a time when they uh, felt that they could control people. And of course, Americans in general will comply with, with uh, regulations and laws because they think it's the right thing to do. But it's come to a point when a lot of those regulations and laws and decrees have become detrimental to the liberties of everyday Americans. And it's something that all of us must take notice to. Now, in continuing on this idea about the um, what the progressives have been doing to this country, we see different people come up with uh, different statements that basically reflect the same ideas. Now, here, here's one that caught my eye uh, last week by Jane Fonda. She blames uh, white men for the, the climate crisis. And she even goes as far as to say that they should be arrested and put in jail. Well, she believes that all of this climate stuff, and of course, she's this craziness about how it's going to cease to exist in 10 or 15 years, which is totally absurd. As I mentioned to you before, the uh, the, the sea level uh, at the shores by the uh, Plymouth Rock of 1621 hasn't changed for 400 years. And yet they continue to say that somehow or another humans are creating the, the uh, ice caps to melt and we're all going to die through being flooded. Because all this garbage is used, nothing more than a ruse, to push forth this, this agenda that progressives are behind. But Jane Fonda. Somebody many people remember as having been the one who turned on our soldiers in Vietnam and uh, to the uh, uh, to the aid of the current enemy at the time. But uh, according to her, and I'm going to quote her to just to be sure that we have her on the record, quote, it's good for us to realize that there would be no climate crisis if there was no racism. There would be no climate crisis if there was no patriarchy. A mindset that sees things in a hierarchical way. White men are the things that matter, and everything else is at the bottom. End of quote. Now, it's no wonder that uh, this, this is a classic example of what uh, feminism that started in the 60s that uh, permeated a lot of the, the universities and a lot of uh, the liberal, uh, like the Hollywood bunch, um, has uh, turned into. Now it doesn't even make any sense for what she's saying. It's all about racism and fighting, and hiding, fighting pirate, fighting, <laughs> she's fighting white men. <laughs> Excuse me, being tongue-tied here. The uh, this is what feminists believe, and at eighty-five years old, you would think that she'd been smart enough to figure some of this stuff out for real. But they're so obsessed with this this concept that somehow or another, men are the problem for everything in America. And uh, yet they don't, will not even look in the mirror to see who they, they themselves really are. Now, there's another per, uh, example of this. This was by a uh, 
a commencement speaker at the um, the law school at the City University of New York. And this was, uh, uh, she had also made the claim that white supremacy is uh, as a result of the fascist police and the military, and that um, somehow or another, it's their job with all the graduating new lawyers, it's their job to go and to um, uh, take down the hierarchy of, of white men because somehow or another that's not fair. And, of course, she calls it supremacy and racism and all that sort of stuff. That's the usual dribble that they push it. When they don't have anything real to say, they call somebody racist. Here they're doing it again. But uh, let me quote this. Uh, this is uh, Fatima Musa Muhammad. You know, obviously, she's, she wasn't a native-born American, but she came here from, uh, I believe, what was it, Yemen or something? Uh, so, she, yeah, she came from Yemen and managed to go to school here. And um, at our expense, by and large, these universities are, are supported by tax dollars. And then she stands up at the commencement and she says this, quote, No one person will save the world. No single movement will liberate the masses. Those who brought the ferocity of violence, those who carried the revolution, the people, the masses, those who brought the ferocity of violence, those who need our protection, they will carry this revolution. And she goes on to say, the revolution that lives so loudly, despite it's not being televised, no longer are we going to cap capitulate to oppressors. No longer are we going to put our hope in a depraved consciousness. Uh, end of quote. This is, you know, this is somebody that came from a Muslim country, comes over here and tells us about freedom. This, But this is just an example of how far and where the, these ideas are coming from. Originally, I said it was with uh, Jane Fonda and with the Hollywood Bunch, the uh, the uh, uh, the elite uh, of the the progressive movement. Here we see it in the universities because that's another place where it's at. And uh, let's continue to the next source of all of this. Now, in this case, it has to do with the um, one of our agencies, and that's the uh, Department of Homeland Security. Now, um, they had. Uh, they're saying that they uh, they put out a guide. National Institute of Health put out a guide and warning about using uh, describing words as uh, chosen, and they have instead about about forty different options. And here the guidelines are supposed to show how professionals, uh, such as physicians and dentists and anybody else in healthcare, uh, should uh, use pronouns to affirm gender identity. And the warning that intentionally using the wrong pronoun is, quote, equivalent to harassment. This is, a, you know, this is our National uh, <laughs> Institute of Health. Here's another, here's, here's a bureaucracy. They said before, they're pushing this idea that started with Obama that we're going to fundamentally change. Well, here now they're saying that they're making it seem like anybody that doesn't fall into this gender dysphoria stuff is now considered to be harassing. So let's add to the list of racism. Let's add to the list of, of hierarchical men. Um, and now we have, uh, we are harassers and, and uh, who knows what will next be on the line. But here's again, here's an agency, a federal agency that uh, is using the powers of its position and with the funds in order to uh, further the agenda of uh, the Obama administration with uh, fundamentally changing America. Now, a couple more examples. Um, here's one where we have the uh, Biden administration itself 
and it's it's uh saying that they're the the um the uh um price of the white house press secretary and and she this is that Karine jean pierre and remember that she boldly proclaimed that she was the first uh lesbian uh a spokesman for the White House that happened to be black. So that, those were her qualifications that got her job. But she was on to say, she declared that the Biden administration is using the Department of Justice to battle, quote, state laws that target trans kids. Target state laws that target trans kids. Well, how are the states, well, at the end of that quote, how are the states targeting trans kids? Let's break this down. First of all, they're kids. That means that they're minors. And for the states to go and say that these minors cannot uh, engage in um, uh, surgeries and, and life-altering uh, medication due to uh, their thoughts about that they weren't in the right body, whatever have you, and somehow or another, that is a higher priority of uh, their, their agenda and of, of what supposedly is considered to be right by them, uh, that these um, minors uh, would not would need the consent of their parents. So they get a legal consent, and yet they're under 18. That's bizarre because if, uh, for example, if your daughter wants to get her ear pierced and she's under 18, you have to sign off on it. Certainly in my practice, you know, we see, uh, I see patients come in that are under 18, and we have to get the signature of, of consent from the mother or guardian. But now they've turned it into a civil right because they believe that this transgender medical procedures on minors is uh, actually a violation of civil rights. Uh, they don't say what civil rights being violated here. They don't point to the Constitution where there's protection for uh, to go and to make exceptions for uh, people based upon behavior that are under 18, but they just say it's civil rights. This is another one that little, little dog whistle words that they throw around when they don't have anything to talk about. And they sort of uh, try to mix the apples and oranges and make the fruit salad that we're supposed to believe is, is uh, the right way because they say these things. Civil rights is delineated in our Constitution. It's not not by some spokesperson who happens to stand up at the White House and pretend to be uh, knowledgeable for the entire country. That's just that's a bunch of nonsense. And this Karine Jean Pierre, she's she's a joke. But I guess that's the best the Democrats and Biden can do for now because it's pretty obvious that uh, the information she's passing here in so many different areas it just doesn't make sense, and it's becoming more obvious every day. She says, quote, it, it's why the president has taken historic steps to advance equality for the LGBTQI, well, there's a new one, uh, community, and protect civil rights. He was proud to sign an executive order directing federal agencies to protect the LGBTQI families and support youth mental health and stop harmful conversion therapy policies. DOJ is actively supporting challenges to state laws that target transgender kids, in, the, in light of the Dobbs, Dobbs decision, that was the one that had to do with the Roe v. Wade. He took action to pr protect marriage equality by signing into law the Respect for Marriage Act, and he continues to call on Congress to, to pass the Equality Act to enshrine civil rights protection for LGBTQI plus in American law. So here she's saying that although they believe it's civil rights, it's not really in the law, so it's not really civil rights. Once again using the power of uh, the, the federal government to push this idea that somehow or another this group of people have uh, can be treated specially than everybody else because, well, the government says that they're, they need to be protected. 
that's a bunch of nonsense, really. So it's a very small amount, the number of the people in this country that have this uh, kind of attitude towards their gender. And yet we're supposed to make it a civil right, which should extend to everybody without penalizing one group or another. The true civil rights don't penalize anybody. They're, they're even for everybody, and they don't make special categories. That's not a civil right. So again, just you know, we've got to got to keep in mind <clears throat> that this is the way they do it. Now, uh, there was another article here that I wanted to share with you, and this had to do um, since we're on the whole the thing here about the um, different levels of government taking on um, the um, the role or of of a progressive uh, dictatorship, if you will. Um, it, it goes to show that when these instances arise that the individuals have to challenge this with their own money. And you're going against a bureaucracy. You're going against the power of the purse that the, the federal government or state or even local government has. And this is very discouraging for people who are whose rights have been trampled on. They're real civil rights. And because of that, uh, this they these bureaucracies, whether it be a school board up to the to the top, uh, feel emboldened because they're they figure they're untouchable. But there, um, that's changing to some degree. Here we have uh, a case, though, I'd like to point out to you. It's in, in the federal judge in Texas, uh, where the Biden uh, executive order. Uh, said that the uh, a brace for uh, holding a pistol uh, must be uh, registered uh, by a certain deadline. Well, all the people out there that have that brace that fits onto their pistol, it helps them shoot. And there's particularly people who may not have the physical abilities to uh, hold their weapons in a you know in a regular manner. They need that extra support because of disability. If they were to not um, uh, register these things by a certain date, then they're in violation of this law. And uh, if they didn't comply, they'd be forced to pay a fee and face up to 10 years imprisonment or $10,000 each in both. Here again, just, just come, coming down from the top. Okay, you guys got to do this. Well, there's a lot of people that depend on that. And suddenly one day they're they're uh, not criminals and the next they are because of this this uh, thing coming down from the ATF. Again, another bureaucracy forcing this stuff down the throats of Americans. Well, fortunately, in Texas, and Texas usually has a pretty decent court. This was the Fifth Circuit of Appeal in a, uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry, the U.S. District Court, Southern District of Texas. And he granted a, permanent, uh, a preliminary injunction against the ATF. But why should they have to do this stuff? I mean, want, these bureaucrats, if anybody knows the Constitution and knows the confines of these um, these authorities and, and of these uh, um, bureaucracies, it's it's defined in the in the legislation that created them. There's the boundaries; they can only operate within those boundaries. But here, you know, they just in a cavalier manner. The ATF decides they're going to do something, off to do it, and it takes somebody with private dollars to come and, and put a stop to it. If it's not stopped, then it becomes considered to be law of the land. And next thing you know, everybody's complying and not even know why they ever had to do it. Well, I wish I had better news today. But I want to tell you something here, though, too. These courts, um, they really can't be trusted today. If we look at what's happened with uh, Donald Trump in New York, the judge that's uh, presiding over this, his daughter is, is uh, president of uh, a major fundraiser for the Democrats. Uh, he has taken positions against Donald Trump in the past. He's given money to Biden. And and yet, 
He's, he won't recuse himself. Well, that alone should be enough. But when you when you look at how the courts are handling, the liberal courts handle this, it's a disgrace. It's a mockery. We, we don't have a, a rule of law if there's one set for one and then for another. It seems like the, the Democrats and the progressives can do what they want to do. But if you're a conservative, then, uh, you know, you lose. Now, I can tell you of a personal experience that I encountered, and this was 30 years or so ago. Uh, there was a, I was involved with a um, another dentist in a practice, and he had a lot of back problems. He wanted to retire, and I offered to uh, buy into his practice. For, it was for a nominal sum, and for him, it was good because he had let things slide for a long time, and I was going to rebuild it. So he came up with an agreement where I said, uh, if you do this and that, I will give you so much money. I think it was $15,000. Well, he had a lot of problems, not only with pain, but he had problems in his life. And he took his own life. And uh, during the time that uh, prior to this, he was in divorce proceedings and he sold his house for, uh, or, or took a second mortgage out on a house worth over $300,000. This was 30 years ago. And because his wife was fighting with him, he took the second mortgage out and he bought a bunch of coins and they disappeared and then he killed himself. So it was a pretty, pretty ugly situation. His wife turned around and she felt that she was entitled to get that money from me because of this supposed agreement we had. Well, long story short, we went up for a board of arbitrators and uh, made my claim and I lost. I said, there's three lawyers and I lost. I said, you got to be kidding me. This is cut and dried because the contract said, if, if's a big word. If you do this, I'll do that. Very simple. It was never, it never really concluded. There's no proof that any money ever changed hands. So we went up to go to court and my attorney said to me, this is Cambria County, Pennsylvania, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And my attorney came from a different town, Altoona, because the attorneys in Johnstown wouldn't represent me. So whenever we got through that first stage, of uh, this supposedly hearing with the three attorneys. And I lost, and I said, well, I want to file an appeal to a real court. And my attorney said, forget it. I said, why? He says, well, the banks don't lose in Cambria County. I said, you got to be kidding me. How can that be? He said, that's the way it is, so just get over it. I said, well, I'm not going to sit back and, and just accept that. So the time came. I answered all the papers. I went. To, we took it to trial. I was my own attorney, and based upon common sense, we picked the jury. Some people knew me, some didn't. We stated the facts. They had their time to, to cross-examine me. I had my time to cross-examine the wife of this man who died, and I wasn't allowed to say that he died and he killed himself. But that was sort of curious. But in the end, the jury went out. Fifteen minutes later, they come back and said, I don't know this guy any money, but yet my attorney saw this whole situation as one that I'd never win because, well, they don't lose in Cambria County. And by the way, when, when I did win, the jury came back, the judge's jaw hit the countertop. The, the fix was in. And if I hadn't taken the initiative on my own, I would have lost. And I would have been stuck with the judgment for a lot of money that I didn't know. So this happens. It's been happening throughout our country, these enclaves of Democrats, where they've been there forever, they have these machine politics. And that's just one example. I've had other examples in my life of dealing with the courts and these corrupt areas. You, you just don't win. You have to get past them, go to a real court, and then you win. 
that's the same thing happening with Donald Trump. So it's not just happening to him. It's happening to a lot of people the whole way down the line, including myself. This is what it's come to. We are in a war, a culture war. And the idea is to break down traditional American values, to break up the family with all this dysphoria, gender dysphoria stuff, to turn people or students against their parents, to break the bonds that they have with their parents, and instead do this thing Hillary Clinton called for years ago about takes a village with village values, which now includes all the gender dysphoria stuff. And by the way, my my take on this gender dysphoria is that, you know, with the introduction of the abortion pill, there are fewer abortions taking place. So the doctors and the hospitals and the clinics that are making we're making big bucks off of abortion. Now they see the revenue drop because the people are able to get the same thing with the pills. And so they have to find another source of revenue and they, they attack the next like group, which is the kids. It's it's sad. It's truly sad and, and to hear that this is going on today. But most Americans are not aware of all these things that are happening because it's a little here, a little there. Now and then something will make the news. But you know, until the recently, uh, the people, some of the parents started rising up in Virginia, uh, this stuff was uh, just sort of the way things were done. We have to put a stop to that. Remember what I said when uh, might is right. We live in bondage. This is might. This is the power of government weaponized against people who believe in traditional American values that are founded on the Judeo-Christian constitution that we have and that the, the uh, uh, hundreds of almost 250 years of experience with uh, uh, holding those values to be at the highest level. This is what we've become. We are in a culture war. Now, Back to how do we deal with this? How do we make right versus might? Well, obviously, elections matter, and the Democrats and their machines and their social media engines and their media and all the other rest of them, the dark monies that they have, you know they're going to pull another stunt like this in 2024. We've seen it happen in 2016, although we were fortunate enough to win, but they pulled it again in 2018, 2020, and 2022. Uh, they will do anything to get the, to keep power in their hands because they know that if it goes out of their hands, they're they're headed for serious trouble and charges of treason. So they're going to pull out all stops to win these next elections. But there's something that we, the people, can do if we bond together, such as uh, the uh, uh, the beer drinkers of Bud Light with their boycott and those people that shop at Target with their boycott. If we put a boycott on the Democrat Party and limit their ability to win elections simply by saying, just say no, uh, we can take them down. If we take down the Democrat Party, we will we'll, uh, throw a final blow to all this progressive nonsense. This At this point, this next election is a real crucial point. And I've known you many have heard that for the past 20 or 30 years, as I have that this one's the most important in a lifetime. But believe me, this one that's coming, it's so obvious what is happening, that the uh, the, the permanent uh, government uh, that we have in Washington is determined to uh, take away the liberties of, of traditional Americans by targeting them with language and with all kinds of claims of racism or misogyny or whatever the heck it is that they're throwing out there, when in fact, I'm sure most of you people know none of that stuff is true. We have to stand together. 
And if Americans, like we the people, do what we need to do to preserve our country, then we can make right as might again. If we don't, if we don't take this opportunity, and I implore every one of you listening to me to tell your friends, if you want to put an end to this stuff, it's very simple. We want to boycott the Democrat Party from dog catcher to president. Spread that word far and wide, and we'll show them who's boss. Thanks again for listening. Dr. Bill Chovey, Liberty in America, past, present, and future. And I hope you continue to be enlightened by the things that I bring to you. Bye.